I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is the fourth of the seven I am statements in the book of John. And here we are, John chapter 10. And Jesus has always said, I am the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the gate of the sheep. Three leading up and three leading away. Jesus will then say, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. Stands in the middle. Because the cross stands in the middle. As we reflect on the events of today, Good Friday. Wherever Jesus went, he made daring and provocative claims about himself and his teaching, his miracles, and his self-identification caused reactions among the people of hatred and hostility. And in John chapter 10, we find ourselves in that same situation where he's getting the same reactions. Because John chapter 10 comes immediately after John chapter 9. And in John chapter 9, we have Jesus healing the man born blind. And it just runs right through into chapter 10. There's no break. And in John, <clears throat> John chapter 10, Jesus makes this statement. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. If you have your Bibles, would you turn there, please? John chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. And this morning, we're going to look at 10 words. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We're going to take those 10 words. We're going to break it up into three segments. Segment number one, the good shepherd. Segment number two, lays down his life. Segment number three, for the sheep. Let's get the setup as we begin. Segment number one, the good shepherd. Jesus is there with the disciples, the crowds who saw the miracle of the man born blind. What a great miracle, a simple miracle in the sense that I, didn't, I wasn't able to see and now I can see. And it's on that moment Jesus enters into that and the master teacher, Jesus, takes advantage of this moment and makes that claim that I am the good shepherd. And he says, I am the good shepherd. And he takes the man born blind off to the side and has a conversation and says, listen, listen, I'm not like them. I'm not like those false shepherds 
those religious leaders who are making all sorts of claims against me. Those shepherds who should be caring for you, loving you, teaching you, feeding you, they're not your shepherds. They're, they're, not, they're not good. I am the good shepherd. Let me tell you a story. It's not a very long story. It's two verses long. John chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Jesus introduces a second character so he can contrast the behavior of a good shepherd versus a false shepherd. And he says, there's this hired hand. Can I tell you two things about this hired hand? There are two knots. Not number one, he's not a shepherd. Not number two, you see it there in verse 12, not number two, he's not the owner of the sheep. And you want to find out the moment where you differentiate between a good shepherd and a false shepherd? When danger comes. And the story continues. This not shepherd, not the owner, hired hand, just getting his paycheck, cashing it in, doesn't really care what's going to happen. He sees danger. Cue the wolf. The wolf comes, and the false shepherd, the hired hand. Watch what it says there. It says, he sees, he leaves, and he flees. And the wolf does what the wolf does, snatches the sheep and scatters them. And Jesus says, don't don't miss this. They're in it for what? For themselves, for their position, and for what they can get from it. Can I underline something for you, says Jesus? Verse 13, let me say it again. He flees. He runs away. He abandons. Why? He's a hired hand. And then he turns to the whole false shepherds, the religious crowds, and says, you care. Verse 13, you care nothing. Nothing for the sheep. End of the story. And then he says, okay. Enough of this third person telling the story. How about the first person? I'm going to repeat myself. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. I'm going to say it again. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. Watch, watch, watch. Watch the difference now. I... Wait for it. Know about my sheep. No, no. I know. I know my sheep. I'm the owner. They're my property. I know them. I don't know about them. It's not this cognizant sets of facts and figures about them. I know them. There is trust and intimacy. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. 
Why? Because it's based on this relationship that I have with the Father. Verse 15, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And can I say it again? And I lay down my life for the sheep. I heard a story, a true story, about a family living in Florida. You've heard that before. A Florida man. This is a family in Florida. And this family's out in their backyard. And the husband and wife, they, they see this, this alligator come out of the bush. And if that's not bad enough, the alligator grabs one of, their small child, one of the small children and then takes it back into the bush. And the husband, he's turning, looking for like a, a, an object, some kind of a, you know, object or tool. To, and as he's turning, the mom, she is in a dead sprint, whew, straight after the alligator, down towards the water. She tries to make herself as big as possible. She's yelling and she's gouging, trying to gouge the alligator in his eye. And it keeps hitting and hitting the alligator on the snout and just hits him until the alligator releases her child. And then she fainted. Now, that story isn't to tell you that maybe the, the dad was the hired hand. No. This is not Father's Day. No, no. This is to illustrate what? That the mom, the mom's like the good shepherd. You got one of my babies. And I'm going to go? Am I going to rescue? I'm going to save you. The Good Shepherd. Segment number one. And if we stop right now, that's, that's enough. Let it be this run-on sentence, an incomplete sentence. It's just the good shepherd. That's enough, the good shepherd. But Jesus continues and he says, I lay down my life. And so Jesus, it seems like a natural thing just to move from the end of verse 15 and just go right to verse 17. But on his way there, he says this, in verse 16. While I'm on this metaphor of the sheep, can I tell you something? Again, Jesus looking past the cross, looking forward, anticipating a moment, and he says, I have other sheep, not of this pen. Listen to the strong verb. I probably probably should go after them. No, no. I must. Listen, I must bring them also. They will hear my voice, and then there will be one flock, one shepherd. I'm looking past that. I'm telling you what's going to happen in the book of Acts. There's going to be a moment, the Gentiles and the Jews together, anticipating that moment. Now, where was I? Verse 16. I want to continue. In the first person, voice, verses 
17 and 18. How many times now, as we get into segment number two, lays down his life for the sheep? How many times does Jesus use the word I in verse 17 and 18? Answer, six. What does that tell you? Six eyes equals, lay down my life, equals how willingly I am going to lay down my life. Listen to the language of chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. For this reason, the Father loves me. This isn't a performance-based thing. Again, this is that relationship between Jesus and his Father. Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Spoiler alert. Take it up again. Easter's coming. There's going to be a resurrection. I am going to take it up again. Listen to the strong language. No one takes it from me. I lay it down and no one takes it from me. No one. No one. No powerful Roman leader named Pilate. No. No one. No religious high priest. No. No one. No angry mob. No one. No one takes it from me because why? I lay it down of my own accord. I put it down. In John chapter 8, John chapter 7, and that way towards John chapter 1, three times they're trying to catch Jesus. Three times they're trying to catch him and put him to death. At the end of John chapter 8, they pick up stones and they're going to kill him. And it says there, and Jesus walked right past them. He walks past them to chapter 9, to chapter 10, and to chapter 11, and then chapter 12, and in chapter 12, he says, okay, okay, okay. The time has now come. I'm ready. I'm ready. Because I have, I have the authority to lay it down. And I have the authority to take it back up. I am laying this down of my own accord. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Segment number one, the good shepherd. Segment number two, lays down his life. Segment number three, for the sheep. For the sheep. Someone has observed that a very large door swings on a very small hinge. There are truths in the Bible, very large, large truths in the Bible that swing on one little word, for. For the benefit of the sheep, in place of the sheep. Do you understand what it meant for that to take place? That Jesus is going to lay down his life for the sheep. And there's going to be what they've been described as the great exchange. All the bad in me, all the good in him, and it's going to be placed on him. He gets the bad and I get the good. And Jesus is going to give a sacrifice in the place of the sheep. A sacrifice so pure, 
and so mighty that it will satisfy the demands of God's justice and absorb God's wrath. Don't, don't, don't miss this. There's, a, there's some language in the Bible that says he's going to trample it down. Don't get this idea that Jesus is going to take our sin and just sort of trample it down into the ground. No, I'm going to trample it into my beloved son. And he's going to be able to satisfy the demand, absorb the wrath. Hebrews chapter 4 reminds us of a very important truth. He can do this because he was tempted in every way, but was without sin. This pure sacrifice, behold the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. This pure sacrifice will do that for his sheep. Someone illustrated it this way. Imagine that they're standing beside me, right here. A world-class power lifter. And standing next to him is me. He's this power lifter. Here's me. And you take a 45-pound Olympic bar, and you put it on his back. And you take another bar, 45 pounds, and you put it on my back. And powerlifting is this sport. It's made up of three different kinds of lifts. There's the squat, there's the deadlift, and there's the bench press. And this powerful, world-class lifter is there, and I'm right next to him with my bar on my back. And you take two plates, and you put two plates on that end, and on the other end, you put two plates on my bar, and now we both have 135 pounds. But we go past that. We've got four plates. Now he's got 225 and I got 225. And I can still squat that. What? I said imagine. <laughs> so I'm still okay. We go past that. Four more plates, two more plates. We now have six plates. 315 there, <clears throat> 315 here. And I'm not going down because I'm not coming back up. And he's not even breaking a sweat. We go past that. There's eight plates. He's at 405, and I'm at 405, and I'm broken into a thousand pieces. And we go past that. And we go past that. And we go past that, and we go past that. And we go past that, and he's still okay. He's not even breaking a sweat. Temptation and sin were heaped upon us, and we were crushed. Temptation and sin was heaped and heaped and heaped upon him, and he stood, and he stood, and he stood. And what came against him was anything beyond anything we could ever imagine. And he stood. This deep-chested Savior, this broad-shouldered good shepherd stood by the what? He earned it by his own virtue and his own right. And he stood. 
and he absorbed the wrath of God and satisfied the claim. That's why Jesus says, when he's on the cross, he says, just before he dies, it is finished. The debt is paid. Why? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And if that's true, there's a natural question. What does it mean to be one of Jesus' sheep? What does it look like? Maybe you're thinking about that. And the most prominent thing we observed about his sheep are they listen to his voice and they follow him. How do you do that? Well, can we keep the same theme going? I would invite you to clear some space and look at Psalm 23 on your own time. Look at Psalm 23 and phrase by phrase sit and understand what the good shepherd and how he cares for you what's true about him and what he promises to you. And that you would also, like David, as you sit with it, be renewed in strength and in hope. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the truth of your word. And on this day, this Good Friday, we sit in it. As we listen to the account read to us this morning, the words have just (laughs) sort of landed on us as we listened to your arrest and your trial and your crucifixion. And maybe the words that just sort of fall off us would be the, how much pain, suffering you went through. And you tell us there in John chapter 10 that uh, this charge I received from my father This wasn't some afterthought that God the Father had to get you out of. This was part of your great plan for us. And you willingly died for us. And we don't fast forward to Easter morning. Today we sit And we reflect on what you've done for us as you laid down your life for us. Thank you, as we heard in that chorus that we sang earlier, your last breath gave us life. We thank you in Jesus' name.
Amen.